the Milwaukee Bucks in a statement game. You know the game's so good that we open the show with it. My God. Your Milwaukee Bucks, baby. Giannis Adenakumbo with the effing statement. As the Greek freak throws down 40 points and a block heard around the world on Joel Embiid to seal it. Uh, it was a game-tying layup for Joel Embiid. Giannis came in, put the hammer down. They initially called him for goaltending. Giannis started doing the, the Kembe Matumbo, no, 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 finger wave uh, to the ref saying, no, that was that was a legit block. They went and reviewed it, and sure as crap, Bucks get it done with the block of Giannis. Embiid clears some space for him. James, step back three. Off the mark. Embiid, the Side position. Ooh, I don't know. That looked like a clean block from that angle. Ooh. Yep. And they got it right. The Greek freak, Rowdy. 40 points from Giannis Dendekumbo on the road in Philly. A 118-116 win. I was watching some of this game last night. And what what did you say? Wake me up when April ends for NBA for the Bucks? Sorry, sorry, March ends. Excuse me. Uh I, I agree with you, by the way, but I watched last night. That was playoff atmosphere. That was lit game written all over it. It was it was a hell of a game. Well, I got two comments. First yes. one being, how about the fact that the Bucks had three players that were nearly uh, recording triple doubles? Sick. Giannis, Chris Middleton, and obviously Drew Holiday. Drew. Second comment is, how did that game not make national TV? Rowdy, an incredible point. Because that game is huge. Because you know myself, like a lot of other uh, people that would like to watch the Bucks that currently have Dish Network, what is it, Hulu Sports still, and some of those other stations do not get Bally Sports because they are still uh, haven't come to a contract agreement since July of 2019. Dumbasses. The games that were put on national TV were Lakers, Mavericks, and Jazz Clippers. Oof. Well... The Lakers are now out of playoff contention. The, by the Lakers way. are horrible. They're terrible. Obviously, Mavericks are are playoff bound. The Jazz are playoff bound, and the Clippers are below five hundred. Mm-hmm. We did not get to see two of the top four teams in the East play, where it's two guys that are probably odds on favorite to win the MVP right now. So, my brother, my youngest brother, is a diehard Milwaukee Bucks fan. He messaged myself and he said dude this game is nuts you need to check this out so i found a little uh found myself a little streamy stream rowdy and i dove in uh near the end uh, of the game and watching god just the fourth quarter alone was absolutely insane you know what i was uh watching at this time that the bucks game was playing because again it was lakers mavs was the was the first choice <laughs> what were you watching NIT basketball. Oh, look at you, NIT Rowdy. NIT basketball because that was also on national TV. And Bucks, Bucks 76ers, the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop, not on. But how was NIT? It was great. <laughs> Buzz Williams and Texas A&M really took it to Washington State. They're going to the championship. 72 to 50, 56. And the um, Xavier beat St. Bonaventures. Yep. And they will be heading to the championship. It was riveting stuff. Yep. Now, Texas A&M, the one seed, takes on Xavier, the two seed, in tomorrow's championship of the NIT. The Musketeers versus the Yankees. Yep. Thursday's a huge game. Like you said, NIT championship, the basketball, uh, <laughs> the basketball classic championship. Big, big Thursday for uh, non NCAA tournament teams. Now that's funny. Uh, the NBA ranks, though, this was kind of the first look that the Bucks got of a James Harden 76ers. Harden led the way for Philly, 32 points. Joel Embiid, 29, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. But it would be the Bucks getting it done, as Rowdy did say. Yes, uh, Giannis Adetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, all close to triple doubles. The Bucks trailed by 8 heading into the fourth quarter. Giannis and Middleton took over. The duo combined for 21 of Milwaukee's 37 points in the fourth. And then the you know the block I just played for you of Giannis Dendekumbo dominating Joel Embiid to get it done, seal it. Absolutely incredible as the Deer are now a half game behind the Miami Heat for the number one seed in the East. Wow.
it was pretty cool turning on Twitter or uh, Instagram and all of a sudden seeing the Giannis block of Joel Embiid, basically, that uh, helped win the game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so- other than that, unfortunately, wasn't able to catch it. I just don't understand what's wrong with, uh, was it, is it uh, Bali Sports now and was it Sinclair Broadcasting or who, I don't even know if it's Sinclair, whoever the, the, the overseeing company is, get your heads out of your asses and let us, because they, remember when they touted like Hulu, we have live sports. I'm sure Dish was running some stuff too about, yeah, we, home of your Milwaukee Brewers, home of your Milwaukee Bucks. And if you got Dish, you got Hulu, if you got whatever, you can't have, you can't see it. I just like how a lot of people were telling you to chill out because they always come to contract agreements. Yeah, well, two and a half and years And that ago? this won't last long. Again, it was July of 19. We're creeping up on three years. We're almost three years into this uh, contract. I don't think there's ever going to be a contract figured out here. I think we're just going to be do- – everyone wanted to cut the cord, right? Get off a of cable. Get on your streaming services. It's cheaper. Now they're starting to become just as expensive, right? It might be more expensive, some of them, if you want to get all of them, right? I mean, uh, Netflix keeps raising their prices every month. It's not like you can watch sports on there unless it's documentaries. Hulu keeps rising their prices, raising their prices. Um, you can't even get Brewer's Bucks on there. Rowdy, I don't know what Dish runs, but I'm sure it's you know probably equivalent to having a bunch of the streaming services. You can't get it on there. You'd have to, from everyone cutting the cable, now you'd have to re-thread the cable and get it done again to just watch uh, some of this, unless you find some illegal streams, which is a pain in its own ass. Oh, yeah. It's a lot more difficult than... Uh... It's not easy. And you got to, like, I hear some other radio hosts complaining about how they get all these, like, spam emails and, and stuff. Well, I think they're clicking on the wrong links. Uh, what, 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 what did we hear? Was it like, uh, what did some other radio hosts after us complain about the emails they were getting? What was it? Was it, like, porn stuff? Like, oh, yeah. Like some, some, like some porn that they probably weren't, like, wasn't their type of thing? It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be clicking on the links. And then you wouldn't be getting that kind of spam. But you know, Rowdy, the, I think the hardest part and the most weirdest part of finding these broken links and these little wink, wink, illegal streams is the bizarre ads that pop up. And then you have to find the perfect X to click on. Otherwise, it sends you to some weird, like, anime, like, Simpsons porn or something. You, you know what I'm talking about? You've seen that stuff? Yep. I, but who, by I'm the way, who, set. who clicks on that stuff? Who likes I'm all that set stuff? with the baseball streams. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the everything else is, is harder to find. Who, who, by the way, who clicks on the weird cartoony, like sexual image? Who does that? What's, what drives you? Like, I have a lot of questions. Um, are you there? You really, <laughs> you're really asking who does it? I, I mean, do, have you ever had the inkling to click on one of those? I never have. No, but uh, in today's day and age, <laughs> does you. it surprise you at all? No, I guess not. But uh, when I see it, I'm just like, who who likes this and why? And please commit yourself. All right, so, yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> well, I'll leave it at that. The Milwaukee Bucks, man, absolute statement win over the 76ers. And I tweeted this out, and I stand by it. What? You know, there's individual athletes where it's, they've never done anything, obviously, to you, or they've never like said disparaging things or whatever. But and correct me if if you don't feel this way, Rowdy. But something about Joel Embiid bugs me. Uh, there's something about him that I just love seeing Giannis dominate him. Joel Embiid. Maybe it's the Philadelphia trust the process thing. But Joel Embiid, nothing brings a smile to my heart more than watching him lose. Do you have players like that? Yeah, some of them. Joel Embiid doesn't fall into that category for me. He but does for I get, me. I couldn't I tell you why. Saying. I, I think it's because he's such like, maybe when he gets on Twitter, his Twitter fingers, and he like he thinks he's the bee's knees, but then Giannis goes and gets him. Like, I don't know how I to I did see that. a lot of people complaining about how Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers now have a worse record than the Bucks, and yeah. Joel Embiid is currently the MVP front runner, but Giannis is having once again, a huge season and he just beat Embiid and stuffed Embiid to basically seal the game. And he's getting no MVP love. I actually was thinking about this last night while I was brushing my teeth for a Twitter poll. Oh, do you think Giannis being a guy that isn't a front runner for the MVP, but once again, putting up huge numbers is starting to become it, well, in the same category as LeBron James and Michael Jordan, where he might not win the MVP this year because you can't give it to him every single year. Because he's too good? Yeah, you can't give it to him every single year. It looks bad. Well, Rowdy, I saw this. 
yes or two days ago, it was I think it was front page ESPN that LeBron James should be in serious MVP contention and that LeBron James should be getting looks as an MVP. Huh? I'll I'll find the article. It was a wild one. And then I go and look at it. The LA Lakers now out of playoff contention. They are 31 and 44, well below 500. Not in the playoffs right now. And I heard and saw Yeah, currently looking at the uh, NBA standings, Lakers are tied with the San Antonio Spurs for 10th place, which is the final playoff spot. And that's where they have the little play-in tournament. Where they have the yes, little Yes, yes. Uh uh, I'll find. I'll find this. I'll find this article, Rowdy. But I, yeah, that's ridiculous. I read it. A, a two guy days that, ago. that can be an MVP on a team that's 13 games below 500 and currently tied for the very last playoff spot. It's terrible. A playoff that was expanded what uh, two years ago in 2020. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna find the article, Rowdy. And um, I'd rather have the Phoenix Suns sixth man <laughs> be up for MVP <laughs> over a, a a guy like LeBron. Now I get it. LeBron's having a big year. He's scoring a lot of points, but the team is awful. Like if this team, LeBron was doing what he was doing, and this team was like forty-five and thirty, mm-hmm. where they still had a winning record, and it was like they're in the thick of it in the West. I get it, but they're not. No, he's just having a really good scoring season. Yeah, you can't be in MVP contention when your team is what's their four four hundred and thirteen four one three. That's what they are below five hundred um, right now. I'll say not out of play of contention, but almost out of play of contention. I found the article. It's actually on CBSSports.com. A uh, Lakers LeBron James won't win MVP, but Frank Vogel, the head coach, but Frank Vogel also isn't wrong to say that LeBron is deserving of consideration. This is an article by Brad Botkin. We can get into it, but yeah, I like I like what your Twitter poll is, Rowdy, about Giannis. Uh, I think he's starting to reach that level. You you look at it. LeBron could have been awarded the MVP pretty much every season from like what twenty ten to twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, same thing in the nineties. Yep, but they they weren't given the MVP every single year. Now I get it. Occasionally, there's going to be a year where someone else pops up and, and wins an MVP because they just had a really outstanding like a Joker, year. Like a like Joker? But, uh, yeah, uh, with Giannis and what he's doing for the Bucks, the Bucks were laying in the weeds for most of the season until yep. they started getting hot. Yep. Because remember, people were bitching because they were down in sixth place. Remember, people were bitching at the beginning of the year because at the time, the Bucks were what? Uh, playing like 500 basketball? Yeah, they're well, struggling a little bit. They're clearly a top two team, right? What? Two three team in the East right now. Yeah, and it looks like they're really starting to turn it on when they need to. They're getting healthy. They got Lopez back, uh, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Obviously, Giannis been playing well, and Giannis is just turning it on, dude. I mean, look the statement game from the Greek Freak last night. See, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to pull up uh, some of the odds to see where he falls. Yeah, in winning it. the MVP, but yeah, I, I think that's probably he's getting to that point where it's just like he's been so dominant the last three years. Are you really going to give it to him three years in a row? It's like MVP fatigue, you know? Um, yeah. That's why I'm surprised uh, Brett Favre won three in a row in the <laughs> 90s. Like, obviously, that was a little before my time. Well, with, I think that's because there's no social media and there wasn't TV the way it is. They didn't throw it in your face constantly. I mean, do they throw Giannis in everyone's face, though, constantly? I feel like the Bucks fly under the radar. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I mean they're defending champions. So I go and look at, uh, let's see, your ESPN.com with the game that Giannis put on last night. In, in statement game from the Greek Freak. Uh, the number one He's headline. in third place when it comes to uh, regular season MVP, and he's clearly, clearly behind uh, the Joker and Embiid. Our guy, uh, BJ, what's up, Brad? Good morning, bro. He says Joker will get MVP this year. Uh, and let's see here. Victor says Giannis could definitely win a third in four years. I went to ESPN.com, the four-letter network. These people will never, ever, ever say anything about Giannis and the Bucks unless they win the championship, which you saw, and he ordered 50 nuggets afterwards. I'm on ESPN.com, Rowdy, and we got Gone in 60 coming up. We'll get you to the top headline, so I won't spoil it. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are eight top headlines on ESPN.com. There is not a single mention about the Bucks or Giannis Adendokounmpo. In fact, the first headline is this. Lakers stumble out 
of play in position with loss. That's the first major headline. There is not one breath of Giannis Nakumbo. You got to scroll down a couple flicks of the finger, and then once you go down about a eh, quarter way down the page, Giannis is clutch blocking an Embiid, seals Bucks win in Philadelphia. That's it. Top headlines, not a breath of Giannis Rowdy. So you know how LeBron made it a huge deal about how he wants to play long enough to play with his son? Yes. Now his son is, what, a junior in high school, I think? I, I think so. So he's going to have at least two more years before he can come out into the draft? LeBron is, what, 37, 38? Yeah. Somewhere in there. He's going to be relatively close to 40 when his son is eligible to be drafted into the NBA. Can LeBron James be playing in two years? 100% if he wanted to be, and it sounds like he wants to be. And then uh, would it be something pretty hilarious if the Bucks can kind of keep the roster that they have (laughs) and still be relevant and playing at a high level? And be right there. And just to troll LeBron and, and the NBA and the national media, Jr. they draft Bronny Jr. <laughs> oh, my God. It would be hilarious. That would be funny, dude. I think LeBron would melt down. It, LeBron would tell Bronny Jr. just like, no, you're pulling your name out of the draft. Like, it, it, he'd be like, got oh, enough money, son, oh you're, you're going to Cleveland or you're going to come yeah. out to L.A. or we're going to play in New York or South Beach. Go back to Miami. They'd have to be in some huge media city yeah, that uh, or at least some like nicer scene city. It would never happen. The fact that Milwaukee did, I would laugh so hard because you know, in the NBA, most of the time, your first round pick is just your high ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever your potential is, especially in the top 15. I don't think he's a top 15 pick, but the second round is more of like those fifth year college players or the, the guys that were around for a while that Mm -hmm. they're kind of tapped out when it comes to skills. Yep. He's like, he's like a guy that might be a second round pick. Yeah, he's he's not right now. He's not he, an NBA prospect. He'll be drafted. The reason why whoever will draft Brownie Jr. It will be for to get the rights of LeBron James to come to your team and sell <laughs> sell a lot of merchandise and sell a lot of tickets. I'm telling you, Bucks wherever they land that year. I don't even care if it's first round. Just because you're going to have Giannis, you're always going to be dominant. It's not like if you're the Bucks and you're solid with Giannis, you're always going to be picking in what the bottom ten. Yeah. It's not like you're going to get a real playmaker at that spot. No, take Bronny Jr. and literally force LeBron's hand into coming and to see Milwaukee. What happens. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> that would be, and he could, hey, Giannis could train him. Then. Maybe he pulls a Ying, what Ying Jinglin or whatever from China. Or a Joel Alexander. Well, they said, don't draft me. Yeah, maybe he tries that, but it'd be hilarious. I would love it. It'd be so funny. Um, Rowdy, that's my, that's my uh, conspiracy of what they should do. I can dig it, dude. I can definitely dig it. Uh, I go to So ESPN.com had no top headlines about the Bucks or Giannis. I go to CBSSports.com. One, two, three, four, five. There's six top headlines. And I kid you not, the fifth top headline is indeed Bucks seal tiebreaker over 76ers as Giannis goes Wild. So there you go. CBS Sports, who uh, were an affiliate of theirs, thank you for having some, you know, sense to put the Bucks and Giannis front page on your website. So, Rowdy, uh, really quick here, a guy, Brad, comes back and says, I love Giannis and I want him to win his third MVP. I listen to the worldwide leader on my drive into work before you guys start. And all the guys on there agreed that Joker Jokic would get uh, would win it this year for MVP because I don't watch much regular season NBA. I'll leave that for Grant, but looks like Joker is getting the uh, the four letter network eyes on him. And that dude's a baller. Listen, I love me some Joker. That guy is that guy's a hell of a ball player. But Giannis last night with the statement that he made over the front runner for the MVP and Joel Embiid when Giannis totally punked him from more points to the block at the end. Giannis should be getting the love that he deserves as an MVP. And Rowdy, we're going to put your Twitter poll up. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm saying this as an NBA, like very casual, very casual fan here, yeah. especially one that doesn't get the channels the most time now. Yeah. I mean, we still read and keep tabs on it. Um, is the East a lot better than the West again? Because I'm looking at the West and I feel like yes. after, after the Timberwolves, there's a steep drop off at eight all the way down to I guess you would say the Lakers were 11. And you know what's crazy to say, Rowdy? What you the just Hawks said. were just in the Eastern uh, Conference Finals, and they're currently in 10th place with an above 500 record. Yeah. And what's crazy, what you just said, Rowdy, for the West, after the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are somewhat good. How about that for like... Oh, that's because they have Cat and that... The Cat's uh, balling. The other kid that they drafted. Uh, again, casual NBA fan. Well... It just goes to the point of how like weird the West is now. Um, you know the Suns are still incredible. Grizz are up there. Warriors, they, you know, 
Wow. Wasn't Seth Curry hurt? So I don't know, man. The West is pretty stinky. You look at the East, though. I mean, the East, every time there's a game played, the top moves around. The Bucks were, what, fourth yesterday, and now they're a half game out of first. So. Well, that's because it's so log jammed. You have the top four teams in the Eastern Division all separated by one and a half games. Yeah, I think the West is really top As long top as the heavy. Bucks finish top four. Exactly. There's, you exactly. have no. As long as they're healthy and they finish it's in top the top four, four, you're fine. They'll be fine every single year. That's literally got to be their goal. Opening day. Very, very soon. Who was on the bump against the Chicago Cubs? Corbin Burns. Was it, and I kind of say this tongue-in-cheek, was it a surprise to you that Corbin Burns got it after Brandon Woodruff was your uh, opening day starter for the past two years? Uh, I'll say this. For some people, yes. For other people, no. What do I mean by that? The people that, yes, it was surprising is because Woody's been the starter for opening day the last two years. He's been pretty good over the last three years for the Milwaukee Brewers. Why I say no, if you've been following spring training and looking at how the rotation has has been used and how they fit, you could kind of tell that as of not um, Burns' start on Monday, but his start prior last week, you could tell that they were fitting him in to be the guy that would be ready by opening day. Mm-hmm. Just, just by how the spots came out with uh, the number of games and where they were starting, it looked like he was trending towards being the opening day starter. Yeah, you can't be too surprised at the reigning Cy Young winner. I was to say like, that's what I said, like, what? Tongue in cheek? Yeah. The guy who was the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner, no surprise, your opening day starter. But, I mean, also, if it would have gone to Woody, I wouldn't have a problem with that I, either. Yeah. I, I don't mean, think anyone would have argued fine. with any pitcher getting the opening day start if their last name ended with Woodruff, Burns, or Peralta, right? Yeah. Because those have been the three big horses. Yeah. I don't think anyone would have been upset. But I do kind of like it, though. I like Burns because if you look at the the three pitchers, in my opinion, that are your best three, Burns, to me, has the highest ceiling with the best stuff. Yeah. And that was shown with being the Cy Young winner last year and would have been in the top five the year before if you recorded, like, what, one or two more outs and technically qualified in that shortened season. I I like it because it kind of puts a little bit of uh, competition into the your own pitching staff, your own pitching rotation. Because now Peralta, Woodruff will even throw Lauer and Hauer, uh, Hauser in there. They're competing to see who can be opening day starter because that's like a that's a big uh, award yeah. to be awarded the opening day starter. That's that's a that's a huge compliment to say, hey. You're our horse this year. You're our number one. You're getting the ball opening day, the the day that every single baseball fan tunes into. Yeah, against the scrubs, too. Nathan, let me ask you this, brother. If you are put yourself in the position of Brewers legend, the manager that is Craig Council, would you have a big enough set on you to walk up to a guy who just won the NL Cy Young the season previous and say, you know what, we're going with Woodruff to be the opening day starter? I mean, what I we, we we all know what my mentality is, yeah. but I, I don't know how you can't give it to the Cy Young winner. Right. How you can't give it to the guy who almost threw a nine inning perfect game because well you, someone pulled well, him. That's the thing. You don't think that Craig Council? I mean, we've seen what Craig Council has done over the past few years when they've had these pitchers. You. You don't think he's got a big enough set to put it the way that Ebo did to go out and say, no, we're still rolling with Woody, especially being the same guy that took the ball out of his hands when it was a no hitter, when it was a perfect game. I mean, I don't know if it's the fact of having a big enough set or just the lack of (laughs) lack of a mental complex to figure out. Hey, what are we going to do? I mean, he's the guy that just kind of makes a, decisions. A proverbial on set, if he, you will. He's like Two-Face on Batman. Just flip a coin, and that's how he makes his decisions. You need he makes go, his own luck? Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> I just or, watched or, the dog that again. screws our luck, time. you know, but I'm sitting here listening, and I'm thinking, how do you, how do you sit here and complain? This is a good yeah, problem right. to have. Yeah. As a Brewers fan, it's usually been, oh, God, who's our starter this year? Minus a couple of handful of years. But now to sit and be able to to have this discussion or argument and say, well, it should have been this guy. You know what? To have two pitchers in the top 10, top 15, 
you know what? I'll take it all day, every day. Yeah. And, Rowdy, you're right. I mean, what? You said what? It could be Burns. could be Woodruff. could be even Freddie Peralta. Fastball Freddie. Yeah, just depending. I think really, especially in like a 2020 or a 2022 season with how they've really messed up uh, spring training. Because obviously 2020 had that stupid summer camp where they did like, what, a week and a half, two weeks in Miller Camp yeah. or Miller Park at the time. And it it was the dumbest thing ever. But now this year you shorten spring training from six and a half weeks down to three and a half weeks. It throws a lot of different uh, things out of the normal rotation. Uh, it's a different routine. I, I wouldn't, depending on how the rotation came out, how guys felt, I wouldn't be upset one with anyone starting day one with the current rotation that they have. But yes, especially the top three in Woodruff, Burns and Peralta. I don't think you can go wrong. Uh, I mean, I know there was a bunch of people tagged me in articles by, uh, was it MLB.com talking about the top rotations in baseball? The Brewers were extremely high up there, and I think two on every list that I saw for a reason. They have a hell of a good rotation, and they have depth. You can't go wrong with, with any of them at this point. It was more or less who's ready for it and who lines up at this point, once we start taking some turns in the rotation in spring training. And like I said, if you were paying attention last week, it was lining up to be burns from like mid last week. Yeah. I, I loved it because uh, I saw Grant Bills of the Wisco sports show who usually joins us around this time. He was already bitching about how people were bitching about uh, bitching. Did about you bitching. see people bitching about it though? Well, I didn't. Well, I, here's what I saw. I saw, I first, I saw our guy, Rob Reichel, who's going to join us tomorrow. Finally, he's back from Cabo. Our guy, Robbie, Robbie tweeted out with Burns being the opening day starter. And I quote, Cabo? what's what's his pitch count? 75. That was 50? funny. That CC, was funny. It was. CC needs to keep him fresh so he can throw a whole six innings in the postseason again. Team bubble wrap. Hashtag. Because I think in his not first He's start, not. I, I want to say. But then I saw Grant bitching about people bitching about CC already limiting pitchers. Sorry, Ruddy. Well, one, that's a funny joke by Rob. That's it's hilarious. hilarious. It's not a joke. And and it's it's not sometimes the reality you have to laugh at the reality of the situation. True, but I think like, well that's the, that's it, what it, made it funny yeah, is because it, it, it is funny. true and it's kind of right. a joke but it's not a joke. Yeah, you're kind of blurring lines here. I'm, but and I'm with him there. But well, I think I. If, if you look at what Corbin Burns did, I want to say in his first start where he got lit up, he had about 45 ish pitches. If I, don't quote me on that one, but I do know his last start where he threw five innings, gave up just one run, and looked much better. He threw 75 pitches. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised going off of what Robbie says. He'll probably get, what, one more start under his belt or a tune-up, one more tune-up before they start the the season in eight days. I wouldn't be surprised if his quote-unquote pitch count would be like 85 pitches. I I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think that's pushing it, too. Or it's an inning limit. We we saw it last year. Inning limits are the dumbest thing ever. Hell yeah, Robbie. Let's go. There there used to be pitch or inning limits in Little League. It means I hate it. Babe Ruth. This guy got to 200. This guy got to 200 uh, innings. He's logged too many innings. We got to shut him down. If you're Why? really talking about arm and safety, it's not about how many innings you logged. It's about how many times you threw the damn thing. Right. Yep. But you look at it Rowdy last unleash, year. Let's and go. We saw in the first couple of weeks, both Woody and Burns, like get in the face of anybody who came up to him after they got pulled from a game. And, but it was okay. They were fine with it. No, they weren't. No. Well, no, they weren't. No, they weren't. They, they were, they were Burns pissed. and Woody were clearly pissed off multiple times in the dugout and coming off the mound when they were when they were taken out of games by Craig Council right. at points in the season. But going back to the innings versus pitches, you could have in theory a three pitch inning, and you could have in theory a thirty pitch inning yeah, when you're totally. labored yeah. as hell. And that's two totally different things. How many times have we seen where it was like Burns was on point, struck out like one batter and got two easy outs. He got through the inning in like eight pitches. And then how many times have we seen Freddie Peralta labor through an inning where he walked a few batters, ended up striking out two and then gets a guy to fly out. And all of a sudden he rang rang up 30 pitches in the inning. It's two totally different things. But if you're limiting it to innings, I guess technically it's equal. Yeah. How did that work out for Steven Strasburg? Not well. I don't mind this. Well, does Brandon Woodruff mind this? So, Roddy, before I play this clip, so Corbin Burns was named the Brewers' opening day starting pitcher yesterday, the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner, obviously. Brandon Woodruff had been the opening day pitcher the last two seasons. 
So before I play the audio, Rowdy, let me ask you very briefly. Do you think Brandon Woodruff is okay with not being the opening day starter? Yes, because I think all these guys, we've talked about the Brewers and kind of some of the things that Craig Council has said and some of the guys have said. This is actually a pretty close-knit team. Mm -hmm. It's more close-knit than Brewers teams in the past or just other professional teams in general. And I think it breeds a good deal of competition. Hey, if you want the spot next year, I'll pitch them. Guys the Cy Young. Yep. Guys probably, uh, you know, I obviously, if you're a professional athlete, you probably have the attitude where you think you're better than everyone else, no matter if the other guy is outperforming you at this point. You still think you're probably top dog. You're yeah. the alpha. You're the alpha in this group. The alpha but male. stats don't lie. He was clearly better. And I think uh, just with your... Um, naked eye you can tell right now Corbin Burns has the highest ceiling with the best stuff on this uh, pitching rotation for the Brewers so I think it I think it's a good thing and if your buddies you're like you're happy for your buddy but you're like I'm gonna get you next year yeah, I'm, gonna I'm gonna get gonna, you gonna I'll pitch you to quote I think Shania Twain I'm gonna get you good here's Woody like that Shania Twain job here's Woody Talking about Corbin Burns getting the nod. This is, comes from uh, Adam McKelvey right here. Take a look. Gave us the news today about Corbin starting opening day. Yeah. Um, if you had to give him any advice, what do you think it would be from you starting the last two? I think um, it's it's a fun day. Look, there's all the the stuff that's kind of surrounded with opening day. It's a essentially a holiday and and it's fun and it's there's a lot of excitement and it comes back to. Um, using the experience that you have pitching in the playoffs of, you know, kind of slowing things down. That helps a lot with, with opening days, but it doesn't take away from the adrenaline because it's out the roof. Um, so just all, you know, it's all about kind of controlling that and um, going out there and trying to focus in, pitch to pitch, and, um, which we try to do every time. But um, opening day is a little bit special. There's a little bit, you know, bit of a buzz that goes with it so it's fun and the buzz um the buzz but then too it's just it's just it's one game and we've hopefully got another 30, talking like 33 starts right so. did you get to talk to him after you guys got your assignments um sorry i didn't hit did you get to talk to him to corbin oh i haven't no i haven't so i come in a little bit later today yeah. because of starting so i haven't really seen him at all but um i'll see him tomorrow congratulate him it's fun um but once we get through that first one, there's a mission that we're kind of on so as a team together. So um, we're, we're going to try to accomplish that goal. And, and But, you know, Corbin's going to lead us off, and it, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, he's a reigning style young winner. So um, he's going to get us off on a good foot, and then we're going to get going. So um, listening to that, Rowdy, and, and watching Brandon Woodruff, Brandon Woodruff looks, like, happy. He's so it's like he's proud for Corbin Burns to get that nod for opening day starter. And that's what I love about this team, as you said and suggested, a very close knit group. Yeah, and and that's what they seem like. They're they're friends, they're good teammates. And sometimes like there's been a lot of videos with like Michael Jordan that have surfaced in the last few years, like when he was on the Olympic team with the Magic Johnsons and the Larry Birds, or when he was at the All-Star festivities where all these you know, legends of the NBA meet up and the current All-Stars. And there's always those certain guys that when they're in the room, it's like real recognize real, and they yeah. realize that he's actually the best. Yeah. Where they're kind of like, You've seen those videos with Michael Jordan interacting with Magic Johnson. Yeah, there was just one from like a couple months ago yeah. when he, he 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 told Magic, "I want to play a game of one on one right now." And everyone laughs, but Michael Jordan's like, "I'm serious." And like everyone was like laughing at everything Ma- uh, Michael Jordan said, and they're kind of looking at Magic Johnson because they know he's the real one. Yeah. Now Magic Johnson, great, obviously in his in his own right, but everyone knows MJ, MJ. was the man and is the man. At some point, you know you're good because Brandon Woodruff has been really solid for the Brewers since 2018 when they started letting him pitch uh, more as a starter. But you look at what Burns has done the last couple of years, and like that guy's that guy's a real guy too. Like you know what I'm saying? He good. How, how are you going to argue with somebody whose trophy case has got more trophies than yours? Yeah, right. I mean, I don't care how good you are. He's the reigning Cy Young. They're going to come in. Tell you, hey, you're going to be the second day star. I mean, Woodruff seems like he's confident in his ability. He knows he's going to eventually get paid. He knows he's great, and he talks with a great accent. <laughs> he really does. He and is he's from ours. Mississippi. Mississippi. Hey, Mississippi. Hey, Mississippi. Uh, was it Jerry Glanville? 
Hey, Brett Favre, Miss Amy. If you complain enough, the sque- the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Uh, let me ask uh, Nathan joining us from the Pride of Shano. He's in studio today. Uh, Rowdy, obviously. Uh, Rowdy, let me start with you. When it comes to the overtime game that was the NFL playoffs between the Bills and the Chiefs, one of the greatest games I had ever seen. The action, it was action-packed. It was absolutely wild. I did feel a little uh, uh, a sour taste in my mouth that Josh Allen didn't get the ball in overtime after Patrick Mahomes and company went down and scored. Like, it was such an electric game. Uh, but a lot of people started bitching online about, oh, my God, I can't believe the NFL rules. Don't let this and blah, 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 blah. Uh, the NFL now has changed the rules that both teams will indeed get the ball in overtime. So uh, in the in the situation what happened in the playoffs, the Chiefs scored. They won the game with a touchdown. If they would have had a field goal, the Bills would have got the ball. But now, with the rules now, if the Chiefs were to score a touchdown, then Josh Allen and the Bills would get a chance. Do you like the rule change and the squeaky wheel getting the grease? See, I saw a lot of people upset about the rule change. I also saw a lot of people saying, yeah, I like the rule change. I thought it was kind of 50-50. Yeah. What I would prefer is to just play another quarter because then nobody can bitch at all. If you played another 15 minutes, yes, everyone's going to get the ball. You have a super long drive. Maybe they salt off 10 minutes in the game. Still have five left over. Now, for people, like you say, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Remember what they did the last time when they changed the rule like this because of one game. And now we're talking about the Rams and the Saints with the reviewable pass interference. Yep. It was terrible. I'm not saying this one's going to be terrible, but I'm just saying don't always don't always um Expect it to become better because they changed something. Yeah. Change doesn't always mean good. Let's not forget in that Bills Chiefs game. Yeah, there might have been a bad call here and there. But another thing is the Bills let the Chiefs go down the field in less than 20 seconds (laughs) to kick the field goal to get to overtime. Correct. All you had to do was not allow them to go down the field. Yes. Nathan, let me ask you, brother. What do you think of uh, the whole changing with the uh, overtime rules? This is why Rowdy is not on the rules committee because he makes sense. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. You know, I like the rule change because I like having the opportunity to score. However, you had sixty minutes to win the game. Sure. So that's your own fault. It doesn't come down just to that overtime. And in overtime, you had a chance to stop them, but couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I mean, granted, you're going up against Pat Mahomes, but it came to a coin flip. But you had sixty minutes, and like he said. You let them score in 20 seconds. I mean, what what, what are you going to do? I, I, I like the rule change to give somebody an opportunity, but I kind of really like what he was saying with playing a whole nother quarter. Same. I think the whole quarter is a great idea. Now, some NFL players don't understand that in the regular season. Was it Donovan McNabb? Oh, my God. Who didn't know that the game ended in a tie once the clock hit zero? This is many years ago. Do you, do you remember that, Rowdy? Do you remember that, Nathan? I don't remember who it was, but I remember someone not remembering that it ended in a tie, and we're like, what the hell? I think it was McNabb. It was McNabb. Yeah. See, I'm older than you guys, so. <laughs> I think, it, no, it was McNabb. He's like, I didn't know it ended in a tie. <laughs> tie? I do dig the idea of another quarter to play because there's nothing better as the clocks windling down, dwindling down. Well, look at, and look you at other just, sports. It's like the two-minute drill. Look at other sports. NBA, NHL, MLB. MLB, you play extra innings yeah. until someone scores. Maybe maybe that's where the NFL, if they're if you're gonna model it after MLB, maybe you start on the fifty. I know in, Or I know just give co- them an extra wide receiver. <laughs> I know in college it's the twenty five and going in. But yeah, maybe if you want to start like MLB with with a, a ghost runners on second, maybe you have a ghost offense starting at the fifty yard line. Or the, the but, I extra mean, wide receiver. What I'm getting at in all seriousness is all the other ones play an additional like you look at NHL playoffs, once it's playoffs, there's no longer shootouts. They yeah. go they go to overtime after overtime after overtime. College basketball, NBA, it's overtime after overtime. Mm-hmm. I, I would rather see them play uh, a quarter where you try and figure it out or even maybe an additional quarter if it's still tied rather than having like, I don't know, a field goal kickoff. Yeah, I mean, I did feel robbed after in overtime of that Chiefs Bills game. I did not want that game to end. And then I saw people like they should do like major league baseball, like a best of seven series. How awesome would that be? That game was electric. And the fact that you, you didn't can't get to play see... football in a best of series. No, no, I, I know. I know. But look, I said, 
what I'm saying is I would like to see that game replayed so many times because it would be so badass to see those two juggernauts of the new the wave of quarterbacks go at it. It was awesome. And, I mean, to think that this is going to be something for years to come in the AFC, I mean, maybe we could just eliminate both teams at a time and give the next team a bye game. I mean. <laughs> what is this, the feelings business, Nathan? No, uh, so Rich McKay, the NFL Competition Committee chairman, I wonder what that job pays, takes, took the podium yesterday discussing the NFL's owners uh, approving the modified postseason overtime rule. Ensuring that both teams get a possession. I, I, I'm going to play it momentarily here, but Rowdy, you got something on the tip of your tongue? Yeah, just, it's just I keep going back to just a couple of years ago when they had the pass interference rule because everyone freaked out because the refs clearly missed a call that was pass interference and it allowed the Saints to, to beat, was it the Saints to beat the Rams if I remember correctly? Yeah. However that went down, um, everyone wanted that rule so bad. They got the rule. Everyone hated the rule so bad weeks into the the start of the season. Yeah, then they changed it again. Right? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that call was so egregious. But tell me, how many calls got overturned for, that made it a pass interference call? I mean, that, that that was a joke of a rule because it didn't do anything anyways. You just wasted a challenge. And that's the thing. It was like it was such an egregious call that the refs, how the hell do you miss that? It's not that that was a real problem because pass interference in general is such a – well, what do you think about this play? How, where was his hand placement on this play? It's such a uh, a personal call for the referee that that one was just clearly missed, and now you changed an entire rule, and it was it was bad, bad, b a d. All right, so I want to get uh, Rich McKay here, the NFL Competition Committee chairman, talking about these new rules. Take a listen, boys. Just maybe so they can bring a little clarity. Rapaport with the tweet and the news that came down twenty minutes ago from the Competition Committee. Each team now in the playoffs only will be guaranteed an overtime possession. The chairman of the competition committee, Rich McKay, on the podium. In the postseason, what we found is we've had 12 postseason games since 2010. The record is 10 and 2. The team winning the toss wins 10 times. The team losing the toss wins twice. And seven of those 10 wins happened on a first drive touchdown. Obviously, you saw one in the playoffs this year, but seven of those ten. Uh, I just that data was compelling to us and to the league. Um, we had a lot of uh, discussion. We had a lot of people that had different positions, and what we uh, put forth was an amendment um, to Plan Rule Proposal Number One to uh, not change the rule in the regular season and only change the rule in the postseason, which is where our problem principally. Uh, lied uh, as far as uh, having that first uh, first possession touchdown. Um, a lot of debate on that. Uh, the amendment passed, and then we voted, and that um, that rule passed. So um, overtime uh, is permanently changed in the postseason, and uh, will now allow for each team to be guaranteed a possession. And so that is the change. Rowdy, you got some of the tip of your tongue again. Yeah, I just want a bitch. <laughs> Please, please. Like, why Why can't it just be a uniform rule? If you're going to change it, be it uniform. Playoffs, regular season, yeah. be the same. I don't get it. Don't they say practice how you play? Like, Could you could you imagine if it was college football, just for a different type scenario here, and in the regular season they played, both teams get a possession like they do from the 25, and yeah. then they do, what is it, two? I know they just changed the rules. It's like two overtimes, then you have to go for two, and then it's just strictly two-point conversions. Imagine if they did that for regular season, but then in, in uh, bowl games they strictly did 15-minute quarters until it's finished. Yeah, no. It, it wouldn't make any uniform. sense. Exactly. Like you are a professional. Everything else is uniform about it. Why can't you just be uniform about that? Come the playoff time. That's why. That's why. That's why I'm. I'm also scratch my head when Major League Baseball goes. Okay, we're gonna go back to normal extra innings for the playoffs. But because we locked out the season and we didn't have a normal spring training, we are actually gonna do Ghost Runners on second for the regular season. You know, if any good manager when it came to the Ghost Runner thing, like nowadays baseball, you just get two bunters. But you can't have that anymore. Well, Craig Council would say you no. do. You do have an additional roster spot uh, that they added last year. Now two more to start April this season. Universal DH. How about Universal Bunter? I mean, how much are you going to pay me? I learned how to bunt. 
God knows Me I can't personally? do the long ball. Mark Adonacio is not going to pay him too much. To oh, do I don't it. care. It's more than I make now. <laughs> no, the, I'm glad the NFL is looking at you know some. I'm glad that they listen to the fan base to be like, yo, dude, this game was so lit. This game was so awesome. No, I think the rules need to be changed. Yeah. But but make it uniform across the, right the league. Way. Do it the right way. It is a league that is so anal that you get fined for having your socks turned the wrong way. Yeah, but you can't make a rule. That is uniform for the entire league, the entire season. I, it, it doesn't make sense for for a league that is so anal about everything else. Why does this got to be like so double life? You know, they say if it don't make dollar, it don't make sense. That's not the case for the NFL because some things just don't make sense. But they make a lot of dollars. All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy two. Yeah, but that's the Madison. thing. It doesn't matter if their rules are idiotic or whether it's you know first team to score a touchdown wins or both teams get a possession. NFL still making money because viewership doesn't lie. They continue to get more and more eyes. They got us hook, line, and sinker. Feeling good. And now I'm feeling even better because we get our sports director, Zach Heilpernon. Good morning, Zach. How are we doing today? Fantastic. Oh, dude. Uh, so, Zach, uh, we have a, a listener in our guy, the pride of uh, Shano. Nathan isn't. Yes, Roddy? What? Whose day did he steal? Yours or RJ's? Who always says fantastic? Well, I say cloud nine. You say living. So it's RJ. Yeah. Um, well, Zach and RJ are very, very like-minded. So Zach, I, I, I rarely get to hear RJ's segment. So I apologize. You did. You did yell at him to come into the office yesterday. A bunch yeah. Of you times. told him to get the F out. Oh, oh that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, get the F out of here. So Zach, that's on you. But Zach, we have ourselves uh, the pride of Shano. Nathan is in studio. He brought us some gifts. So I've, we've had a couple of libations and whatnot. But he did Man. say when I said Zach Halpern's joining us, he goes, is that the guy I hear in almost every station when I'm across this beautiful state of Wisconsin? Zach, you are not only on Sirius, uh, you know, all the other stations to share your fountain of knowledge, but obviously here with us and over the line, you are like Johnny Cashman. You've been everywhere. How does it feel? Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> and it's always about the Wisconsin sports knowledge. So, Zach, uh, what was it? The fourth spring practice was yesterday, correct? Correct. And you got to see a full, was it a full practice of Graham Mertz? Yeah, yeah we did. Yes, we did. Please, because you, you know how I'm standing right now with Graham Mertz. I'm ready for a little something new. Yeah. I'm ready for something, well, something new. Well, hopefully Graham Mertz gives you something new because Graham Mertz is going to be the quarterback this year and yeah. probably next year. Yeah, I mean, I am uh, ready for something new, I, and that could be Graham Mertz giving me something new. Yeah, yeah. I will say we got to see one practice, and we're going to make sweeping generalizations off of that one practice. Well, duh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it, he has shown exactly what he's shown the last few springs make some great the throws. The last four springs. Well, was Grammar's in literally the- is not there's there's literally not been four springs for him. No. Four. So I don't know I don't know where we're going here. Four four, pra- four practices this no, spring. No, four springs. I know yeah. 2020 there was no spring, but I swear I saw tweets in 2020 that were exactly that. You, you sound like you've had a few more than two beers. Um, <laughs> Rowdy, can you well, confirm or deny? I haven't even had two. There is some slurring of words in there. All right, well, maybe you're just tired. I don't know. Either way. Well, we do get know, up early. Uh, yeah, no, that's Eddie. No judge there. But, uh, <laughs> you're, uh, hey, I don't disagree, Nelson. There have been – that's exactly the problem here. It's the – there have been some great throws, and then there have also been some not-so-great throws and not-so-great not so decisions. And, again, it was one practice, so uh, it's that's unfortunate that we're going to have to make a, a judgment off that. But the, the exact same issues that have popped up not just in spring or in fall camp, but in games where it just, there's the lack of consistency. And there were some, some of that yesterday was probably uh, a little bit, probably on the wide receivers. There's some miscommunications and that's expected at this time of year. Uh, if it's still happening in fall camp or in, in the season, it's a little bit different, but no, the man can, the, the dude can make every single throw that you need to make as a, as a college quarterback. And um, he made some of those yesterday. And then there, there was probably ones that weren't, weren't ideal. Two questions then for you, Zach. First one, <laughs> do you think that that could be just because it's a young wide receiver crop after losing a lot of uh, top receivers last year? And two, for Graham Mertz, do you think we'd have this high of expectations for him if he didn't have the Illinois game? Of course not. No, so, I mean, the, the, expectation, the expectations for him coming in were off the charts, and then he went out and validated. Exactly, that's what game. I meant, yeah. 
Yeah, went out, went out and validated it with one game. So we all expect it to be that, right? Like all the time, and that's probably not realistic, but he needs to be better than he has been. He knows that. Paul Chris said as much at his pre-spring press conference. But the fact, uh, what was the first question? The first question was this young wide receiver group. Yeah, I do they probably, think they could be I, off a little bit because yeah, they just haven't worked together? I think that's some of it. I also think that there's some newness to the playbook. Um, we heard about that, you know, with Bobby Ingram coming in, and they have a so many new offensive uh, faces on the coaching staff. I mean, there's only one guy that's in the same position, that being Elvis Wood, the wide receivers coach, but there's so many new wide receivers. Uh, I thought him and Chimray DK were right on uh, throughout practice. It felt like they were right on uh, cue, and that would make some sense because they played a bunch of uh, football together. Him and Skylar Bell and Marcus Allen, some of the other younger guys, probably not where they um, need to be just yet. But again, it's, it's the fourth practice of spring. It's March 30th. They don't play until... September 3rd. Yeah, they got a ways to go. Uh, Zach Halpern, a sports director, joining us right now. So, uh, obviously, you know, the joke is gone. Braylon Allen no longer 17, 18 years old. I saw him, you know, I wouldn't say trolling Saquon Barkley, but saying, oh, that's cute that you can clean. Well, I can clean more than you as a freshman, dude. But uh, my question, I mean, Braylon Allen is a constant, right? Like, we know I have, well, he's healthy, right? Because at the end of the year, he's like had a whole... You know how they designate injuries? I feel like Braylon Allen had a whole body injury. He's he's fine, right? General body soreness, I think, is probably what you could refer I that to. That was for Ryan Braun. No, but this it worked it worked for Braylon Allen okay, at the end of last season gotcha. too. Okay. Yeah. So he's but good no, though, he's right? Good. He's good to go. Yeah, he's he's one of the few running backs that is completely healthy this this spring. So what is it? Uh Isaac Garendo has an uh, what a foot injury, uh a yep. shipper shipper is an undisclosed injury, if I remember yep. correctly. And then yep. the question that we've had for a while now is about Julius Davis because he kind of seemed like the odd in fact someone two days ago, Zach, asked us why did Julius Davis get kicked off the team? They were confusing <laughs> him with Loyal Crawford and Antoine Robert, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So Julius Davis kind of been like the odd man out. What's he been looking like so far in this young, young spring practice here? Well, it's it's funny that Nelson talks about the four springs for Graham Mertz. This is Julius Davis's first spring. Um, he, uh, they 2020 got wiped out and he was hurt last year. So this is his first spring and he's one of the few healthy running backs. He's getting a ton of reps. He actually looked really, really good yesterday. I think he's got a ton of talent. He had the, uh, the, uh, Corey Clement injury, not the not the hand injury, of course. Uh, the but groin? The, uh, the groin. He wasn't uh, walking his dog or nothing? He was not. Oh, okay. uh, he, he did not get bit. <laughs> but so the he got hurt in, in high school. He Inside had joke. this this injury in high school, and um, I think it really hurt him coming out of high school. It's, it's been, obviously, quite some time since he's been in high school, but he hasn't been able to fully show what he's got because uh, he's been hurt in these, these opportunities, and now he's fully healthy, and he looked great yesterday. He's, he's got pretty much everything you want. I mean, he's, he's a bigger guy. He can run through tackles. He's got a little bit of a shake to him. He's got some speed. So, like, he just needs to stay healthy and, and prove the opportunity. I think we'll see where Ches Malusi is. Uh, Ches Malusi coming off that ACL, said he's going to be ready by the opener. Uh, by the opener. We'll see if that's actually the case or not. But I think a guy like Julius Davis could push for, you know, those carries behind Braylon Allen. Do you think Julius Davis is a Wisconsin man that would appreciate the opportunity Ooh, for a few more carries? That's a great question, Zach. You, you would think so. I mean, he is a Wisconsin kid, and you would think, you know, uh, growing up in this environment where everyone appreciates the opportunities for the opportunities to mm. take advantage of those opportunities, mm. that he would he he would love it. So I certainly do think uh, he'll appreciate everything that he gets uh, a chance to do this spring and perhaps into the fall. Talk dirty to me. You like to see that. Talk dirty, baby. You like to see that. Oh, baby, that that gets me going. All right, so, Zach, what else has been standing out, or who else has been standing out for you uh, in spring practice when you got your eyes there at the the McLean Center? Yeah, again, one practice. But I thought the outside linebacker group, uh, Nick Herbig. uh, Ben Kenny was proclaiming yesterday he broke his arm. (laughs) I think he's listening to it. I think he broke his arm, said Ben Kenny. Yeah. Uh, he did not. He did. He did not break his arm. Uh, he is. He is out indefinitely. We don't know if that indefinitely means two days or uh, the entirety of spring. I would probably think it means the entirety of spring. It is a little bit of a longer term injury, but it's not a broken arm. I mean, he was out there yesterday. No cast. No brace. No nothing. So maybe he rubbed uh, dirt no on sling. it. Yeah. Was his arm uh, dirty? I, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, he's not taking part. So it's allowed some other guys to step up. Caden Johnson's getting uh, uh, some reps as with the starters, but I thought CJ gets. 
who played a bunch last year, uh, looked good yesterday, had a sack. And then there's Daryl Peterson, who was a, a true freshman that played a little bit last year, but I think is, is poised for a, a much bigger role this year. Dude had 29, excuse me, he had 30 plus sacks over his last two years in high school. And he played in a really, uh, at a really good school in Ohio. Um, and so I think he's a guy that could potentially, potentially step in there and, and kind of help lessen the loss of uh, Noah Burks or even, a, you know, a Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn, who also got after the quarterback pretty good. I think Daryl Peterson's going to be a name that uh, we're going to be talking about this year. Nice. Uh, excited to see what uh, fall brings, right? Did you have some? You no, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Zach, uh, looking at this here, so uh, I, I, I'm excited, excuse me, for Illinois State coming in here for September 3rd affair. I uh, can't wait to, you know, start punning. I'm practicing for the tailgates today. I'm like getting oh. the, I'm getting the liver ready a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm sure I appreciate it. Oh, I, I appreciate the opportunity. So, Zach, looking at this team and spring ball, we'll put that aside for a second. I want to move gear or switch gears a little bit to the NBA because I saw you tweeting it a bunch, dude. Giannis had Nakumbo. Rowdy had a was it? Well, you're brushing your teeth. This happened. Yeah, it was kind of like a premonition while I was brushing my teeth last night. You know, I see all the highlights of Giannis blocking and bead. I see the fact that they points. went out on the road and got a win against the, the Sixers, which they were competing for the top spot with one of the four teams. And I go, I'm hearing a lot of chatter about Embiid and, and Jokic on winning the MVP. Has Giannis officially reached the status of Michael Jordan and LeBron where you just can't give it to him every year? Probably. Man. Yet, yeah, I mean, he's being talked about this year, right? Like not Not on the level that... And be it has, or certainly Jokic has, but when you win two in a row, people get tired of it, and that's what happened. He won back to back. People get tired of it, and you know, I I do think that he has said that it doesn't matter to him. He, he only cares about championships, and I think maybe uh, on the surface that's a truth. But you go out and do what he did last night against Embiid, and you know that has to feel good for him. You know, because like he he'll. Like he's like, I haven't heard people talking about this. People, I, I don't really pay attention to this, and that's and that's all good and well. But he's as competitive as they come, and so like when he gets an opportunity to get go up against a guy like Embiid and do what he did to win the game last night, you know that he's like, yeah, still the MVP. I'm still the guy. Uh, I'm still the guy in the East. And until you guys beat me, it doesn't really matter what you do. I I, I think there are, there are people that will not vote for him because he's he done it back to back and they're tired of it. How barkish? But I think this year, what he's done, he's been as good this year as he was certainly in his two MVP years. So now I guess two questions off of that. Do you think Aaron Rodgers wins a third straight MVP? And second question, how did Brett Favre win three in a row? Brett Favre won three in a row because he was uh, a very charismatic personality. And he actually shared the last one. Uh, He shared the last one with Barry Sanders in 1997. Yeah. Can we can uh, so, we just all agree on these airwaves that sharing an award, whether it be a Big Ten championship or an MVP, <laughs> is just stupid? So give it to Wisconsin well, outright and give it to Brett Favre outright. I get it. Well, if you didn't want to, if you don't want Wisconsin to get a share of the Big Ten, I mean, if you want to say uh, Illinois deserved it more because they beat Wisconsin, is that what you're saying? I'm saying beat effing Nebraska. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, We're yeah, still a little perturbed I, I, by the end of the season, by the way. Well, I mean that that's not sharing an award. Like I, I mean, it's not. They didn't choose to share it. They just lost. They made um, two trophies. Yeah. Here's what I said. Are you talking about the Big Ten or are you talking about Wisconsin? I'm talking about the Big Ten. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. They, well, I mean, they've, they've made four trophies before, Nelson. I think oh. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Jeez. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there are four people that – I'm pretty sure there are four teams that have a trophy from uh, Bo Ryan's first well, Maybe year. that's why so. Fran McCaffrey's angry. They made four trophies once, and he got fifth. Listen, he's always angry. That's he's, he's never won a regular season Big Ten title. So uh, Hey, they won the Big Ten tournament. They won the Big Ten tournament. He's also, never been, he's also never been in the second round of the tournament. Uh, do I think Aaron Rodgers can win, win a third straight? Uh, he didn't need some help on, on offense. I mean, if he did it this year, if he went out and had a year like this, like he's had the past two, um, I was uh, regular seasons, of course, not playoffs. So regular seasons without Devontae Adams, I think it'd be. Uh, I mean, if, if they were going to give it to him after what he did, after what he said this year, there's certainly no way they're going to keep him off if he goes and throws 40 touchdowns and three interceptions uh, without Devontae Adams. He'll never. This will never happen because the receiver room is far from complete. Obviously, we still have a draft. We still have June 1st cuts. We still have any signings in between there in the season. 
But if he wins with the current wide receiver room as is and throws for like 4,000 plus yards and 35 plus touchdowns, my Lord, if you don't boys, give it to him. Boys, boys, we've always said his entire career, and this is even before the Vax police came out, that Aaron Rodgers makes the wide receiver. He's coming off two MVPs in a row. He'll make the wide receiver coming up. Come on, brothers. Uh, Zach, before I let you go, we have a question. Any portal rumblings for UW basketball? There have been uh, rumblings, but nothing that's uh, actually come out. I mean, I, I know that we – I don't know if we talked about this or not. I mean, they, they're after – the Colgate guard, Nellie Cummings. Yep. Um, Great first name. I think that there's a, yeah, I think that, <laughs> I think it's probably, I think that's probably unlikely. They are after, uh, <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of guys that played here locally, uh, at Wisconsin. Does and, Isaac Lindsay have a brother? Oh, ew, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> he does have a sister who's, uh, hey, it's 2022. Anything's possible. Right. Uh, so they, they, there are there are some rumblings, but again, it, there's like not there's a thousand people in that portal. Uh, so I think we'll I think we'll hear something relatively soon. I know that the, last year the vote and uh, and uh, Jacoby Neath we, we heard about those in April and May. So uh, it's it's probably getting close to where some of these guys can make a decision. Zach, if you were in the transfer portal, I would pull out the red carpet for you to come to my university. Okay. Well, I'd have to take that under advisement. I don't know if I could do <laughs> that. But. We'd have a lot of fun, Zach. You and I. Yeah. We would, yes. A lot oh, of fun. What would the name of that university be? It'd be, uh, what's the... Um, uh, oh, I can't forget. Dank and Liquor University. No, it's the movie, Accepted. I can't remember what the... Oh, Accepted. Harmon? Harmon, Harmon University, yeah. yeah. South Harmon yeah. Institute of Technology. South, there yeah, it is. there it is. Zach, That's the university. get ready for South Harmon... What was it? Institute of Technology. You're going to be a fine graduate of that fine program, Zach. Can't wait. Just ask him about his wiener. <laughs> Zach, we love you, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Better. Zach, like, get me the hell out of here, dude. <laughs>